Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. My darlings, welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This is kind of a momentous week. Not only do we have New Year's Eve, New Year's Day happening, but we have a really powerful partial solar eclipse. So there's a lot to get to, but I want to start off, instead of answering a single question, I want to answer a question that I got from many, many people. How do you set resolutions or what kind of a ritual should I do for the new year? You may have heard me say that I am not a fan of resolutions and let me tell you why I'm not a fan of resolutions. They tend to happen from the mental chakra or from Mercury, aka they happen from your mind. We do tons of things with our brains, right? We're constantly texting and communicating and taking in information and sharing information and dealing with plans and responsibilities and things that we're catching up with and things that we're planning into. When we, on January 1st or December 31st, decide that we're going to just set a bunch of goals and we're going to do them, the problem with this is it's often coming out of the sense of obligation, a sense of frustration of what we haven't achieved. But more than anything, what it is, is it's just an idea. And when we add an idea to the idea pile, it's really hard to gain traction with that idea. Now, usually what people do with resolutions is they set a bunch. They set a bunch of ideas on the idea pile. And then when they don't achieve those things, they feel shitty. So I got a lot of questions about how to set resolutions, how to do rituals, and a fair amount of them were actually about how to handle diet culture and how to handle career issues. And I, I want to just acknowledge that because these are very material and physical things. They have directly to do with, in, in some ways, really survival. It's what you eat, how you eat, how you reside in your body, how you relate to your body. Also, how you get the money to eat what you eat, how you get money and how you survive and take care of yourself on a material plane. So many of us are dealing with material concerns and not just you know, how can I enjoy my my champagne bubble bath better, right? Like we are dealing with very real issues at this time. And I want to give you some how-tos because that's what I like to do. The first thing is when you are setting resolutions or when you are initiating some level of ritual in your life, it's kind of like doing a cleanse. If you're eating burgers and fries and cakes, Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday, you're like, I'm going to do a cleanse and I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm only going to eat fruits. Your body goes into shock because you go from something that is really hard for your body to digest, not easy, not health supporting for your body to digest to this extreme healthy behavior. And the shock to the system actually detracts from your body's ability to make use of the, the supposed gift you're giving yourself. Ideally, when you're doing some sort of a cleanse, you want to ease into it for several days, depending on the cleanse, maybe for several weeks, I don't know, but you want to ease into it, giving your body time to adjust so that it's actually able to make use of the cleanse or the, the whatever gift you're trying to give it. The same thing is true when we're talking about ritual. If you don't have a spiritual practice and you don't have a practice that is somewhat consistent of checking in with yourself, not thinking about, not thinking about, but actually like 
slowing down, stopping, getting present, and checking in with yourself, then whatever ritual you do or whatever intentions or resolutions you set will be cool. They'll be inspiring, but they're less likely to actually kind of gain roots and really grow. Ideas are great. They're not the same thing as as action. They're not the same thing as growth. They're not the same thing as integration or embodiment. Ideas are an essential part of that, but it's not the whole picture. Pay attention to Are you throwing ideas into the wind and then obsessing on them and calling that spiritual work? Because it isn't. I mean, it is, but it's just one little step of spiritual work. I wish I could like talk to each and every one of you individually and help you have like an individualized plan based on where you're at and what you're doing. Because the truth of the matter is there is no one stop prescription for this stuff, you know? And this is why I like to keep things really simple so that you can adjust it to the circumstances of your life and where you're starting from. It's unwise to make life plans based on a projection of where you'll be. You want to make life plans based on where you're starting from. If the truth is you are like, I want to manifest a relationship in 2019. I want love. But where you're starting from is you're obsessed with your last heartbreak. You are attached to being safe and really unwilling to take emotional risks. Then manifesting a long-term committed relationship is actually kind of jumping the gun. (laughs) What you want to start with in your resolutions is a willingness to be vulnerable, a willingness to take chances. You want to start with deepening your relationship to yourself so that you can know when you start to compromise your wellness or trust someone that hasn't proven themselves to you yet and you can rein yourself in. Or when you can own that you've been actually not doing things that actually lead to meeting people like making eye contact, having conversations, I don't know, online dating, whatever the fuck it is, right? It's important to first be able to own where you're starting from and take stock of the inhibitions that you have, not so that you feel bad about yourself. There's nothing to feel bad about. I mean, I don't know, maybe there is something to feel bad about, but ultimately there's nothing to feel bad about. You are where you are. This is where you're starting from. Whether you got here on purpose, whether you got here by accident, whether you brought yourself here or you feel like someone dragged you here, in a way, it's irrelevant. Here you are. And what are you going to do? If you can start with kind of conservative resolutions, resolutions that are achievable, then you can actually start to achieve them. If you start with achievable resolutions, then you can make progress that feels good, that is validating. And then in three months, you can set up more time for yourself to connect with where you're at in relationship to your resolutions. If they're just ideas, if they're just plans, and then you don't return to them except for to make yourself feel bad, then what exactly are you doing? What's the point? It's just like the industry of resolutions. I don't know if there's an industry of resolutions, but it kind of feels like that. There's this like idea that we're supposed to do this thing at the start of the year. And eh, you can. I think it's beautiful. And because there's a solar eclipse, I think it's powerful. But It can't just be an idea. It has to be a practice. My strategy for you, I'm going to give you some steps. I'm going to give you some damn steps, okay? My strategy for you is this. Start with where you're at. Tracking where you're at, not how you got here, just where you're at. Take responsibility for where you're at. And from there, set intentions, resolutions, goals. 
and make them somewhat conservative, okay? You know, dreaming big is really beautiful, but when we're making resolutions, when we're setting plans, you want to do it in steps because every once in a while, something meteoric happens in life, right? And it's gorgeous and it's wonderful and yay. But it's not the thing to plan on. Like planning on winning the lotto, it's kind of an ill-fated plan. And also someone's got to win it. Maybe it'll be you. But don't make your life plan predicated on it. Start with a little list of acknowledging and owning where you're at. And then a separate list of what you want to manifest or where you want to be. And then a third list. I love lists. This third list is going to be what are the first steps that you want to manifest or achieve? What are the first steps that you want to actively pursue? And then my friends, what you're going to do is you're going to make sure a couple things. The first thing is don't, don't have 12 things. That's too much. It's unrealistic, right? Keep it a somewhat small number. I think the magic number is somewhere between three and six. Three and six things for me is magic. For you, it might not be. Do what works for you. But then what I want you to do is to set in your calendar. Now, if you don't use a calendar, I mean, my little astrology heart is sad because of course, astrology is all about calendars and dates. So if you don't use a calendar, there's all these apps that send you reminders. Use one, use a free one if you want, if you're not using a calendar, but also please consider using a calendar um, during Capricorn season. So use a calendar to set you an alert and remind you that you should three months from now check in and then three months from then and then three months from then. Do some sort of a nice little quarterly check-in with yourself about where you're at in relationship to your ambitions. And then you can repeat these three lists. Where are you at? What needs to get done? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? The whole point of having these resolutions and doing a nice little ritual on 1231 or 1 1 is so that you can have a deepened relationship to yourself. Because here's the thing, my friends everything you want is because you think having it will make you happier. And you want to make sure that's true before you go about trying to get it. It might seem like having a shirt that you really want to buy will make you happier, will it? Will being skinnier make you happier? Will it? Really? Will gaining weight make you happier? Will it? Really? I don't know. I don't know. But you deserve to find out before you put any kind of effort or energy into it, don't you think? So get present and commit to having a life, not just to having like a cool ritual on a specific day. Make it a goal for a big picture of 2019 because as I'm going to get into in the horoscope section, it is time for boots on the ground action. 2019, my friends, it's time. You can participate in that on a personal level in your relationship to yourself and in your own life by making achievable goals and figuring out what actions need to be taken so that you can achieve them. Even if you don't achieve them completely, even if you're not all the way there, make headway, make progress step by little step. Did you know that I have an iOS app? I totally do. It's called Tiny Spark. It is adorable and it is inspiring. It's basically like a magic eight ball, but it's been lanyatified. That's right. I said lanyatified. I just turned my, my name into a verb. Can I do that? Yes, I can. It's my podcast. So download Tiny Spark from the App Store for your iOS device. And when you screenshot your answers, which you will, because they're good and cute, tag me at Jessica Lignato across platforms. My beloveds, welcome back to the Astrology Corner of Ghost of a Podcast. This is kind of an important moment. We are looking at the week of December 30th, 2018 through January 5th, 2019. 
It's a damn new year. Happy new year. If you'd like to celebrate, we use the Gregorian calendar. I think it's worth noting that this is not the only calendar. It's not the only calendar. It's the one that most of the world uses. Certainly the Western world, this is what we use. As a Western astrologer, it is the calendar that I use, but it's not the only one. I'm a real big fan of that there's many kind of ways to get to the same truth, and I'm not terribly monogamous to the methodology. I'm just going to say it. Anyways, there's so much astrology to talk about because not only is it a new year and not only do we have, you know, some some good old-fashioned transits occurring, but also we have a real big eclipse. It's a solar eclipse. It is a partial solar eclipse, and I will unpack it with you in a moment. But first, on December 31st, the planet Mars moves into the sign of Aries. And I think this is actually a really powerful shift. What this indicates is that we are going to feel energized. Now, Mars is most comfortable. It's in its home sign when it's in the sign of Aries. And so this is a really motivating shift in energy, which is exactly what you need if you are into, you know, setting resolutions or starting off your new year in a particular way. This energy is about getting things done and mobilizing. So if you've been feeling stuck, I urge you to try to do something. When I say do something, I really mean like actualize, make something happen, move something. You know, I worked with this woman once who recommended that, I can't remember what the number was, but she said something to the effect of like, move 27 things in your home. 27 things. And her shtick was move those things around in your home as a way to change the energy. And this is the thing. A lot of people never move things. We put things down and we leave them there and it has an energetic impact. So if you've been feeling particularly stuck, just play with it. Try, pick a number. It doesn't have to be 27. I am a fan of it though. I will say, let's say 27 things and move them. And it can be like the crystals on your altar. It can be changing up your closet, but find 27 individual things and physically move them as a way to shake up the energy in your home. Now, the other thing you can do under this influence is of course, go out because New Year's Eve, so many people love to go out and party. This transit does indicate having fun and there will probably be a lot of parties to choose from. Unfortunately, there's another transit coinciding with the 31st that would mitigate this. But I will say what I would always say during New Year's, which is play smart, don't be stupid, play smart, don't do things to harm your body as a way to celebrate the year. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you're going to celebrate a new year, especially during a week where we have a solar eclipse, which means sun and moon, both in the sign of Capricorn, yeah, you want to be not conservative, but considerate. Be considerate to your body. Mars does govern your body. The overlapping transit that is here to be somewhat of a boner killer to your New Year's Eve plans is a Sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. Now, this transit will be exact at 9.50 p.m. Pacific time on the 1st. So depending on where you are in the world, it might be exact on the 2nd. This particular transit will be felt on the 31st. It's heavy. Sun conjunction to Saturn is kind of a, a confrontation with limitation. It may makes us concerned with very real things. And unfortunately, Sun is your identity and Saturn can be quite depressive. And so there can be a sense of heaviness, a weightedness to things. Often people describe Saturn stuff as feeling karmic, 
the sense that things were long developing and they were fated to be a particular way that may work in with your your spiritual worldview or it may not. But what absolutely is true about Saturn's influence is it confronts us with how we actually feel. And it usually accentuates feeling alone or feeling responsible or obliged in our lives. And so the positive side of this is that this grounds that Mars and Aries energy in time for the new year. It does line up with the ability to be serious about setting intentions, being resolved about who you want to be and how you want to get there for 2019. If you choose to do the work, the problem is if you don't choose to do the work, if you're just like, I insist upon having fun, even though I'm having no fun, then you're just going to feel worse. Or if you do the work in a self-flagellating way, that is not better, my friends. It is not better. So I want to take a moment to acknowledge the difference between guilt and humility, responsibility and obligation. When you are feeling guilty, you're obsessing on yourself. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's Capricorn season and Saturn's on the sun. So it's worth repeating. When you are feeling guilty about things you have failed at, things you have not yet achieved, when you are comparing yourself to other people, when you are comparing your progress to your ambition, any kind of comparison is going to harm you right now. What you want to be able to do is accept responsibility for the moment that you're in and look at, okay, what are the next steps? Just what are the next steps? If you can do this, this could be an incredibly productive time. And I'm actually really excited about the productive potential here because on the third, we have a Mercury trine to Uranus. And this is incredibly supportive for making connections and figuring things out. It's innovative. It's also good actually for reaching out to people or people reaching out to you for making new friends or just having a lovely time. So if you kind of keep your life a little bit more on the surface and you just want to like have a fun New Year's and chill with friends, that transit will bring a little bit of relief. But if what you're actually doing is like deep spiritual work and self-care work, this transit will allow you or support you rather in seeing more options. And the options, that's what you really need. Because when we deal with Saturn stuff or too much Capricorn stuff, really when we deal with material concerns where we feel a sense of scarcity, what we tend to do is get, quote, realistic. But the problem with being, quote, realistic, yeah, I keep on saying, quote, because it's not really realistic, we tend to think small. Now, thinking small doesn't keep you safe. And thinking small isn't more, quote, realistic. It's kind of keeping yourself down so that no one else can do it to you. Listen, you put yourself out there, you take up space, you take a risk. 50-50 chance you'll fail. Maybe it's a higher chance you'll fail. Maybe it's a less high chance. But let's say 50-50 chance you'll fail. Now, let's say you don't put yourself out there and you don't take the risk. You don't make the plans. You don't show up as your whole self and you don't try. If you play small, then you are completely investing in what you don't want or in less than what you want. And that's fair. And honestly, we all do it to some extent or another at some time or another. But this is a time of your life where I encourage you to challenge that and to find ways of taking up more space. 
On the 4th, we have a sun sextile to Neptune, and the planet Mercury moves into the sign of Capricorn. I really like these transits. They increase empathy and responsibility, two of my favorite things. This can all be really supportive in you integrating those resolutions or intentions that you set for yourself. So I don't want to encourage you to, on December 31st or January 1st, set resolutions or set intentions and then move right on. No, this is a week of it. It's a week of clarifying what it is that you want to call into your life. People write articles, there's social media, there's all these things that want us to have this like quick fix, (laughs) this like three simple steps. And honestly, I love three simple steps. I'm a huge fan of giving out three simple steps. And also, it's just not like that. If you're doing the work, you know it's not that simple. It is that simple, and it's not that simple. They're both true. Life is full of paradox. Life is full of contradiction. And if you can hold space for it, you can adjust and make choices in the moment that are in your best interest. And, and this is really important, be willing to fail. Be willing to be wrong. I'm not saying it's super awesome feeling to fail or be wrong, but I am saying that if you're willing to fail and you're willing to learn from those failures instead of be defined by those failures, then you're much more likely to succeed. Each individual moment does not define you. Your choices define you. Who you choose to be defines you. I don't know if you remember that failure five years ago that seemed so important at the time. Did it actually change your life? Did it actually Did it actually do something to your life or just to your self-esteem? If you're willing and able to hold it differently, if you're willing and able to relate to it differently, then the impact it has over your life and your choices and the people around you, and then even broader, the world around you, it changes and it changes dramatically. Bring as much intention as you can to what you're choosing to focus on and how you're choosing to focus. Sun, sextile, Neptune increases that empathy for yourself and for others, and it can help you to become more willing to make different choices. And that, my friend, brings us to the fifth, which is the solar eclipse. So a solar eclipse, and this is, again, a partial solar eclipse, this is a new moon. It's when the sun and moon are at the exact same degree of the exact same sign, and we have you know, a new moon, full moon, in one sign per year, for the most part, usually, every year. So this is our time for a new moon in Capricorn, and it is an eclipse. And eclipses always intensify the effects and impact of the new moon, if we're talking about a lunar eclipse of the full moon. Here we are talking about the solar eclipse. Now, it is important to note that eclipses come in pairs. So we will have a lunar eclipse later this month, in fact, on the 20th of January. So stay tuned for more on that. The thing to know about this particular eclipse is that it is coming with Saturn. Saturn is real tight with it. So during the eclipse, we have Mercury, Saturn, Moon, Sun, and Pluto all in the sign of Capricorn. And this is really an important thing to pay note to because Capricorn is heavy. Capricorn tends to lean towards conservatism. And when Capricorn energies feel threatened or vulnerable, they tend to go rigid instead of flexible. When, of course, when we're growing, flexibility is really what we need. A willingness to stretch it out is what we need. And so if you find yourself responding with rigidity to whatever comes up for you around the fifth, try to remember my words and just breathe into it and be flexible 
about how you interpret it, how you respond to it, and what sense you make of it. The thing about this particular solar eclipse is that it is an excellent time for embodying emotional maturity. When astrologers talk about Capricorn stuff, they're often talking about money and power and capitalism and corporations and all that kind of crap and hierarchies. And that's all there. Absolutely. But when we're talking about the moon, we're talking about emotions. And when we're talking about the sun, we're talking about identity. The potential of Capricorn energies, in particular with Saturn involved here, is actual maturity. It's the embodiment and acceptance of what is and the willingness to cope with it without stirring the goddamn pot. When we have emotional maturity, what we're doing is we're accepting responsibility for our part, we're embodying humility over guilt, and we are not reacting with blame or escalation or rigidity or by jumping to conclusions. Instead, we're responding with intention. And that's really simple, but really hard. And this, this thing happening on the fifth and around the fifth will be an opportunity for you to respond with intention, to accept responsibility, and to own your part without degenerating into guilt or blame. In spiritual and self-help, social media and all that kind of stuff, there can be this real like, you're perfect, everyone else sucks. These people are terrible, you're wonderful thing that can happen. And of course, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. We're all fucked up. We all make terrible mistakes. You might have a best friend who you really believe and experience as the kindest, most generous person in the world. And that same person may be someone else's enemy. Maybe someone else's worst nightmare. We are complex and layered. We are not good or bad. Now, to be fair, I totally believe in evil, but most people are gradations, right? We're just, we're doing our damn best. We're doing our damn best. And what someone else is doing or not doing is not your business. Now, I'm not talking about this on a social and political level. I'm talking about this on a personal level. And not all things are related to all things, right? So I want to be really clear about that. On a personal level, your choices are yours. And when we're taking emotional responsibility and when we're embodying emotional maturity, then we offer only what we have to give, right? And we accept the consequences of that. Whether that means we've overextended ourselves and oh well, I promise, or it means that I can't do all the things and I'm having FOMO that someone else is doing what I perceive to be all the things. The thing about emotional maturity or any form of maturity really is that it takes time and experience. It is going to give you some experience. And depending on your birth chart, depending on your life, that might be a really dramatic experience on or around the fifth, or it might be something kind of subtle, what you do with that experience, not just in the moment, but over the course of the next several months, what you do with whatever it is that you learn or feel whatever it is that you experience, whatever opportunities emerge either in your relationship to yourself, self-maintenance, or to the world around you, that will add up to your maturity. And your maturity, the reason why it's so important, and some people might fucking hate the concept of maturity. I know a lot of people are like Peter Pan identified. Obviously, I'm a Capricorn. I'm not. But the thing that I think is very desirable about maturity is this. When you are mature, you have greater self-control. 
And I don't mean that in a rigid way. I mean, with self-control, you get to consent more easily to experiences that you're willing to consent to. You get to say no more easily to experiences you are not willing to consent to. And again, not talking about societal issues here. I'm talking about on a personal day-to-day. The reason why we want maturity is so that we can have peace. If we are obsessing on what other people are doing, if we're obsessing on past injury, if we're obsessing on hurts, then we don't have peace. And there's just no upside to that, my friends. There's literally no upside. So be really intentional about responding instead of reacting around the eclipse. Ask yourself, what do I want to learn from this? Whatever this is, instead of what should I do? What should I do is generally the wrong question. What do I want to learn from this? What is my truth around this? These are the right questions. If you're listening to this podcast, you are likely someone who enjoys le woo. I just, I made that French for literally no reason. You enjoy the woo, you enjoy astrology, and maybe you like tarot and all that kind of good stuff. And perhaps you're a student of these things. It is important to not inundate yourself with so much data that you're not able to put them into practice. So during this eclipse, and maybe just for a couple weeks until we hit the next one, until we hit the lunar eclipse, my advice to you is to pick one to three tools and just use those one to three tools. Don't overwhelm yourself with so many resources that you're not making use of them, true and proper use of them. So I'm not saying throw away your toolkit. I'm just saying pick a focus and use it. My loves, I couldn't leave you there because it's 2019 and I'm going to give you a little peek at the year ahead. You know, the truth of the matter is I actually started Ghost of a Podcast because I was inspired by the astrology of 2019. Now, That's not necessarily a great thing. Uh, I do see that 2019 holds within it great potential in all interpretations of that sentiment. And so I felt really inspired to create a resource for me to share with you my skills for holding space for what's happening, for understanding in a spiritual way what's happening in the world, and to find motivation to participate in a way that is sustainable and that also honors the soul. That's really what motivated me to start this podcast. And so as I am about to give you a little 411 on 2019 year ahead in astrology, let's say you go to the doctor and the doctor says, "Uh uh-oh, Mm, there's diabetes in your family and it seems like, you know, you could get diabetes. Maybe you're pre-diabetic. You don't go home and then be like, oh my God, the sky is falling. I'm going to die from diabetes. I've been diagnosed. No. Instead, you say to yourself, oh snap, I got I to gotta rein in my sugar intake. I got to be more conscientious about how I take care of my body. I got to prioritize my wellness so that I don't fall ill right? My hope is that that's what you would do in that situation. What I'm going to share with you is much like that. There is negative potential and there's positive potential and nothing is written in stone. Nothing is written in stone. So use this information to uh, inspire you to take action and participate in the world in a way that creates the very world you want to live in and the world that you want to leave behind to your kids or your friends' kids if you decide not to have kids. All of that said, let me say to you that history and astrology 
happen in cycles, right? I am not a specialist in the kind of astrology that tracks politics or history. There are astrologers that are really skilled at that, that that's their life's calling. That's what they do. I'm more of a counselor. That's how I relate to astrology. That's how I work with astrology. So I use it as a tool for counseling people. And if you are interested in really getting into historical context with astrology, there's a lot of people out there who have got a lot of great stuff to say. So, you know, do your Googling, find good resources and and do your homework. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a little bit about what's happening 2019 and some historical context to it to give you a sense of what we can expect. Now, the first thing I'll say is we have a bunch of eclipses happening this year. And as I said earlier in the podcast, eclipses happen in pairs. So there's always a solar eclipse and then a lunar eclipse. They're close to each other. Eclipses bring about the need for a confrontation with something that is hard for you to integrate into your identity, something that is hard to emotionally hold. And so throughout all the things that we're going through astrologically in 2019, there's going to be a need to stay emotionally present with the content that we're confronted with. Whenever it comes to emotional maturity, you know, the work is, as I said earlier, to really stay aligned with your values instead of your strongest emotions, your most compelling emotions. It's really about being intentional, right? So that will be a big part of this year for all of us. Now, the planet Uranus is in the sign of Taurus. It's kind of retrograded back and around Aries. It's it's just in its final degrees and final moments of being in Aries. Now, the last time that Uranus was in the sign of Taurus was 1934 to 42. In that period, we had things like the Holocaust and fascism and extremism. What Uranus in Taurus tends to do is it tends to bring up abrupt changes to the economy. Uranus and Taurus over the course of history, not just in the last time, uh, coincides with the gold rush and the depression. What this particular transit does is it creates upsets to our economic system and to our value system. It forces us to be innovative and to fall upon our own resources. And it forces us also to really ask ourselves what matters most and who matters most. At the same time, the planet Pluto, which takes approximately 250 years to make it all the way, you know, around all of the, all 12 of the signs. So all the way around the Zodiac, Pluto is in Capricorn. Now, Pluto was last in Capricorn in 1762 until 1778. Ye olden days, my friends, so very long ago. When Pluto is in Capricorn, this is when we see empires fall and rise. We see power shifting hands. It's TBH often through bloody means um, because Pluto is a planet associated with war. And it's not necessarily meaning that, you know, none of this stuff means we will see a direct repeat or a literal repeat of past themes. So again, you know, not to, not to freak you out or make you nervous, but when we have Pluto in Capricorn, and I should say Pluto was in Capricorn all 2018. So we already see a lot of evidence of what this transit is like. Like. It is essentially a window for people to abuse power and to install rigid regimes or regimes that really take or strip power from the people. So the downside of this 
is obvious, right? It's pretty obvious what can go wrong. Now, in particular, when we see Saturn in Capricorn, which Saturn in Capricorn happening at the same time as Pluto and Capricorn is, you know, it has been very long time since this happened before. And when we have Saturn and Capricorn, we have similar themes because again, it's Capricorn. We see issues related to currency and value and Saturn and Capricorn is directly related to boundaries and walls and borders. Sounding familiar? Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn gives us this real sense of no going back moments. There are themes associated with slavery and imprisonment and isolation. And this is not to say that these specific things will happen, but they have historically happened coinciding with these transits. When we look to Neptune in Pisces, we see themes of ideological wars and What's so different about Neptune and the impact it can have on us now is we have hella drugs. We have so many drugs. We have way more drugs than we ever had. And Neptune is a bit of a puff puff. It's like a, it's um, an opiate. Neptune governs opiates. And so disassociating, checking out, medicating, and I'm not talking about medicating as a way to heal, but medicating as a way to cope. That is very Neptunian and it's not bad. It's not good. It's just Neptunian, right? This period is interesting because the Neptune in Pisces transit can coincide with us disappearing into our phones and feeling like we're really engaged when we're really checked out. It could be about drugs and opiates in particular and other forms of disassociation Now, the other thing it can relate to is a religious fanaticism or extremism, and that is not exclusive to Neptune and Pisces at all. Jupiter in Sagittarius is related to that as well. And the combination of all of these outer planets doing their thing ultimately means that we will have shifts in power. We will have major shifts in the way that the power of our world relates to us, the people, and the way that we, the people, relate to the power of the world. So we're talking about governments and we're talking about corporations. We're talking about institutions. And the thing that is really interesting about all this is several of these things really represent a time where we'll see a shift in dependency on energy resources and in economics, money stuff. When I look at the astrology of 2019, What I see is an opportunity for people to come together with their souls intact, focus on the humanity of their cousins and their neighbors and themselves and their enemies and their friends, focus on the humanity of everyone. And we can insist, we can demand change and we can make sure that that change is more human and we can fight for the rights and the dignity of all humans. We can fight for the sovereignty of all humans and we can fight for our environment or things can go down that we do not terribly like. The problem with this period is it requires that we get engaged and we all engage our civic duty. That's the problem. The problem is we lazy. (laughs) Also, life is really demanding. You know, life is, you know, everybody's individual day-to-day lives are really intense. And all of this energy that I've described on kind of a political or global scale is also impacting you with your relationship to your cat or your mom or your kid. So the thing that's really important is to know that you are not in this alone. And when we stay connected, we have more power, we have more agency, and we get better outcomes. When we isolate ourselves from others, when we allow others to isolate us, when we allow ourselves to think that we're much better or much worse than other people, we got problems. 
Stay connected to your humanity. That is the way that we transform humanity in the vision of what we want. And that is the way that we maintain power for the people. My loves, I hope that this is useful to you. It's not the lightest horoscope you could ever hear. So I hope you go eat ice cream or maybe uh, have a lovely day and do a dance or something, or maybe just call in some damn light, light up the evildoers so that the whole world can see so we can bring justice to their actions, light up the suffering to embolden them and help them to heal, bring light to your life, bring light to the life of others, do it through action. You know, thoughts and prayers are beautiful, but man, do it through action. I love you guys. Hope you have a great new year. As always, if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, subscribe to it, star it, write a review. I screenshot all my reviews. I love them. I really do. Thank you to everyone who who has sent them to me. And you know, you can support the podcast on Patreon if you feel so moved. Be kind, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and keep on trying. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.